Today's episode of the Retrogasmic Podcast is sponsored by Rosemary.nz. Jump over to her website and check out her amazing range of handmade, custom-designed bowling shirts. Each one's individually made by Rosemary. I don't get horrible old imported one that will fall apart. We made a rubbish material. Support a local tradeswoman. Tradeswoman? Tradesman. Yeah. Just jump over to rosemary.nz and you will get the bargain of a lifetime and a unique shirt. Do it, people. Do it! We interrupt this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic. Once a normal, voluptuously beautiful woman, she drove into a nightmare of horror and saw descending from the sky. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Retrogasmic Podcast, episode 27. In today's show, we are going to look at a classic sci-fi movie, Invaders from Mars. Uh, We are going to have a small investigation into the group sounds phenomenon of Japan in the late 60s. And we're also going to talk to our slightly eccentric roving reporter, Winky. So hold on, we're going to kick the show off with a wonderful, wonderful track. This is by Jackie Yoshikawa and his Blue Comets. And this is Linda. Oh, 
シュワリンダの瞳月が二人を結ぶ太陽が沈むおかげで口づけ交わしたリンダリンダリンダWhat a fantastic way to start the show. So, the group Sounds thing, or GS or G Sound,、um, it was a late 60s kind of fusion of, of the early form of Japanese pop music or J pop and Western rock music. You know, the Japanese do the technical thing very well and they really pushed the envelope with regards to、um, the playing and, and also the studio recording. They used all sorts of clever. Permutations on reverbs and delay and echo, and, and yeah, I mean, you can hear it in some of these songs that we'll be playing today. There was a handful of bands that kind of、uh, had some real success.、Um, the Golden Cups is the one probably most people will know,、uh, but there was the Tigers and the Spiders, the Wild Ones that we'll be hearing later, the Mops, the Tempters, and a, a few others. And then, you know, this was kind of 66 to 69, and then there was what they called New Rock, which happened from 69 to like 72, 73. It was a little bit more Western. And sounding.、Um, so, today's show is going to concentrate mainly on the, the late 60s stuff, and there is some really, really wonderful things in here. Lots of covers, as you'd expect,、um, some really, really good original songs as well. So, the next song out the bag is by The Spiders. This is a fantastic cover of the Beatles song Day Tripper from 1966. <laughs> It's in the soul, so very long, baby. I found out, I found out, I found out, I found out. Got a good reason for taking the easy way out. Oh, I got a good reason. For taking the easy way out, she was a jack prefer, yeah. Oh, one way to catch her. It took me so, so very long, baby. I found out. I found out. All right. For taking the easy way out, got a good reason.、Uh, went the easy way out. She was a jet prefer, yeah. I want her to catch it. It took me so, so very long, baby. I found out. I found out. All right, baby. Oh shit. She was a jet prefer, yeah. Uh, uh, one 
catch you at home. It took me so, so very long, baby. I found out, I found out. I said, Wapa, I said, come real across the Wapa. Oh, no, no, Wapa. I said, one more time now, Wapa. As you can hear, a lot of the group sound bands of the late 60s in Japan had a very prominent kind of funky rock and roll bass and uh, lots of reverb, really kind of uh, energetic and OTT performances. And, um, and you can hear elements of bands like Grand Funk Railroad in there. But that wasn't always the case. I'm going to play you a track now that I found when I was doing a bit of research for the show, which, uh, yeah, this is this is crazy. This is mainly kind of vocal driven. It's by a band called The White Kicks. I think this was recorded in about 67 and it's called Alligator Boogaloo. Get your ears around this. One minute, 42 of utter genius. I love that. Ooh. 
Ooh, I feel retrogasmic. So uh, a bunch of you have been asking when we were going to do another 1950s sci-fi movie review. So uh, here it is. Today we're going to look at an absolute corker. This is Invaders from Mars from 1953. And it's got everything. It's got uh, a pretty poor script. It's got a, a selection of okay acting and some terrible acting. It's got some really, really dreadful special effects. It's got people in rubber masks with tentacles. There's a flying saucer. There's some running around under, underground in caves. This is fantastic. I mean, this is real. Get a beer and popcorn and, uh, yeah, this is real good stuff. Gee whiz. Invaders from Mars. He saw them land from outer space. He saw them capture innocent people only to destroy. Father turned against son. People changed into strange, weird animals. A general of the army becomes a saboteur. Trusted police turned into arsonists. Yep. It's got trusted police turned into arsonists. You can see the gravity of the situation. Um, yeah, um, sometimes B-movies are so utterly dreadful that they're brilliant. Sometimes they're, uh, they've got a redeeming feature like um, be the first appearance by someone that went on to be a, a Hollywood blockbuster star. Sometimes they are very low budget, but they do it really intelligently. Um, th this has kind of got little bits of all of that. There's no one really in it that went on to be super famous. It's got uh, Jimmy Hunt, Helena Carter, Arthur Franz, Leif Erikson. There's a few names that you might know. Directed by William Cameron Menzies. And uh, it was distributed at the time by 20th Century Fox. So lots of people got to see it. But it's it's kind of it's neither one thing or another. But I would definitely, definitely recommend uh, just sit down one night and have a watch. It's on YouTube. It's on all the usual things. So it's an easy one to, to track down. And uh, above all else, it is massively entertaining. Um, I won't do the spoiler but there's a bit of a twist at the end which you kind of can almost see coming and it's a bit kind of oh really but stick with it. it it's worth it the boy's parents changed into killers but nobody's getting anywhere out there nobody can locate anything anybody the Martians, we've got to start the... Invaders from Mars, capturing humans at will for their own sinister purposes, turning them into diabolical instruments of destruction. My absolute favourite part of the film, and this isn't really a spoiler, the the hero, young David and uh, Colonel Fielding, they kind of, they're wandering around underground in these caves and they, they come across the, uh, the the Martian mastermind. And this is the classic kind of, you know, the boss, the big baddie. And he's got a, a big green head with a, a kind of a vaguely human face with a, a weird uh, half body, half blob. And it's got tentacles and it's in a great big, of course, it's in a great big transparent sphere. Everything was in a big transparent sphere in the late 60s. And it's just 
yeah, it's epic. I mean, it's worth hanging on just for that scene. I was sitting there slowly clapping whilst that bit was playing. Uh, wonderful stuff. Definitely, definitely give it a watch. Invaders from Mars, weird, fantastic beings of a super intelligence, ruling a race of synthetic humans and pitting them against mankind's dream to conquer the universe. Where are you? Well, I'm actually, I tell you, I've been having to deal with domestics. Domestics, okay, explain. Domestics, well, my cars, the whole three of them, Daisy, Myrtle and Essie, well, there's a little bit of ring of jealousy going on, if you know what I mean, because my Myrtle, oh, I just want to break out in song, oh, I got her plates yesterday. So and this is the this is the oh, fifty five Bel Air for people that the, uh, aren't familiar oh yes. with the ongoing story of Myrtle's restoration. Oh, Myrtle, Myrtle's restoration. I just oh, so you've got the got cust- custom number plates for her now. Custom number plates. I'm completely broke. My partner Scott he said to me, Winky, you want these number plates? You have to go out and find the money. You cannot touch the budget for all the parts that we need. So you know what I done? Uh went and sold her stuff <laughs> okay i have to go buy him some new undies this afternoon you sold his underpants i have to go and buy him some underpants so, so okay. i sold them <laughs> uh, look let, let's just move on very quickly past that secondhand <laughs> underpants i don't know how or who to oh, no okay so um just let's <laughs> let's backtrack so the other two cars backtrack. The other two cars are getting jealous. You- oh, Saturday night! I tell you what, I thought I was going to have the place on my doorstep. There were spanners being thrown around. There was rubbers. There was all sorts of stuff. And I'm sitting there going, "Look, guys! Look, 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 look!" I said, "It's all under control." I said, "Myrtle is the oldest. It's like when you come into like retirement age. You need just that little bit more attention. It's all it is. Just an age thing." Anyway, didn't go down very well. Had a couple of spanners chucked at me, and I, I was actually sitting there, and I was like, look, let's sort this shit out right now. Excuse my French. And, were, and I was talking to Daisy, and she was like, well, Winky, you just don't spend any time putting my motor together. It's all about Myrtle. And I'm like, well, I really do apologize, but, you know, i got to get my car on the road. i got some dresses that match her paintwork. Essie, however, she just sits there and, well, I did take her out about three weekends ago, but we did have a good chance. She said, look here, you, you got to understand, everybody needs a little bit of attention all at the same time. So I'm a little bit stretched in right now. So, so Essie is... What she's type? a she's a VK. She's a three hundred eight nineteen eighty five VK. So okay for, for yes. people like me that don't know a mini from a Rolls Royce, what, what's a <laughs> what's a VK? Um, well, a VK it's a model of a Holden, so nineteen eighty five. So it's an older, oh, modelled Holden. Is yeah. that your your race your old racing car? Um, no, Daisy is the racing car. So she's um, she was the circuit car, the orange circuit car. Um, she's a HQ seventy four. 
And then we've got Essie, who was built for drag racing, but she's just basically a... She's got NOS all through her for those. But a NOS! NOS. Oh, oh nit- NOS. nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide, you so, know. So hang on, when you, did her, when you did her voice, shouldn't she... Have a high pitch voice like this! Because that's... <laughs> when you have nitrous oxide, doesn't your voice go high? Isn't I mean, if, you, when you, if you're going to do voices... Oh, is it? Oh, wrong gas. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you run a drag car on helium? No, maybe not. I don't know. So, so what? What's Daisy? Daisy is a Daisy is a seventy-four HQ Holden, Holden HQ. It's a Holden, and she's dressed up like the Dukes of Hazard. So yeah, like Daisy Duke. We oh, built from okay. Duke Street in Hamilton. You see, so. I That's understand. where that comes up, yeah. Okay, so you've got so, you've kind of got an 80s speedster, you've got a 70s racer, and you've now got a classic car as well. We do. So now I need my 1960s caravan. Oh, uh, okay. Hello, caravan. Yeah. So let's just talk briefly about your, your personal debt. It, oh. I, I'm assuming it's, <laughs> it's slightly larger than most small countries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, well, we'll... <laughs> you know, there's nothing like having lentil beans and bits of chicken for dinner every night, is there? As long as you look good during the day. So, uh, <laughs> how much? Um, how much work? Because I've seen some photos on your wonderful Myrtle Facebook group. Um, yes. <laughs> how much work? <laughs> she's Myrtle... lovely. She, yeah, she looks like she's in great condition. How much work does she actually need? So, how much? How much work does Myrtle actually need? Because she looks pretty good. She she actually is. She's in really good nick. She's straight as a pin. Um, we just basically have to do the front suspension, rear suspension, and the brake. Great. So, you know, compared to what it could be, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky. And my partner being a mechanic, um, you, we obviously are getting some of what we need, um, yeah, re- through trade and so forth. So um, we're probably looking at about two and a half grand to get her up and running and then put her through the vinning process. So... You know, in hindsight, it's not that much, really. So cool, very good. Yeah, so I'm still eating and still having my bourbon on the weekends. So <laughs> <laughs> most important, but yeah, you're having to trim yeah. the uh, trim the belt a bit. Well, look, um, thank yeah. you for introducing uh, our our, oh. ret- our retrogasmic listeners to your your happy little automotive family. I'm looking forward to a, another instalment soon. Thanks a lot for talking to us, Winky. Well, I, I tell you what, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to have a little debut time at Beach Hop because we're hoping to have it there. Oh, fantastic. Hop, so that looking, will be really exciting. Looking so. forward to it. All right. Thanks a lot for speaking to us, I, Winky. See you later. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye. So back into our crazy late 60s Japanese rock and roll malarkey. We couldn't do a show about the group sound scene without mentioning the Golden Cups. Probably the best known of all the uh, the group sounds bands formed in uh, 1966 in Yokohama. Uh, they were the, uh, the kind of the house band at uh, the Golden Cup Club. Originally they were called Group and I, but the uh, owner of the Golden Cup Club persuaded them to change their name. They had a couple of lucky breaks. Uh, They got a regular spot on the NHK TV morning show, which really helped them. I think it was called Young 720. 
Um, initially, they, they did mainly covers. Hey Joe, the Jimi Hendrix song, which we're going to hear in a minute, which is absolutely remarkable. And blues classics like Got My Mojo Working, uh, James Brown's I Feel Good, etc., etc. But they did release uh, two or three of their own songs. You know, for three or four years, they were a pretty big force to be reckoned with in, in Japan. They went through a few lineup changes. Main man Eddie Ban left the, the band in 69 and Louis Gabe took over on guitar and things changed a little bit. But uh, I definitely recommend if you've got a bit of time, Google these guys, uh, go down the YouTube rabbit hole and listen to them because uh, it's a great band. Really, really rocks, really funky, lots of good stuff going on. So here is uh, their cover of Jimi Hendrix, Hey Joe. Thank you. 
wrong Hey, Joe, where you gonna go? Going downtown, going back to gun, yeah Going downtown, going back to gun, yeah Hey, Joe, where you gonna get your head at? Hey, Joe, where you gonna get your head at? Yes, <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. I love that. Okay, well, we've got to wrap the show up, I'm afraid. Um, uh, we're going to leave you with a track from the 1969 album Recital by uh, a band called The Wild Ones. Now, I really did some digging. I tried hard, I promise, and I can't find out much about this band. Um, they've got a couple of albums to their name. This one seems to have been recorded at a, a big gig somewhere. You can see, you know, can hear the acoustics and the crowd was pretty big. And it sounds like they've got a full band on stage. There's a horn section. There's even a clarinet at one point. So this is, you know, a real big production number. And this is an absolutely epic version of Cream's Sunshine of Your Love. It really is remarkable. Um, I'll leave you with this. Enjoy it. Don't forget, if you want a bowling shirt, hop over to rosemary.net. Give her some love. She supports the show, and we really do appreciate it. See you next time, guys. Bye.